and 580 Orlando's live, local, and loud. It is 6 o'clock and we are live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580. Hanging out in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios, home of the only legal sports book here in Central Florida. If you want to get in touch, you can at 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. The text is 21232. Also on Twitter at ESPN 580. Nick and at the Jerry Daniels. Kyle Israel is with us today. we got a full two-hour show for you. Cannot wait to dive into the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Who got better? Who got worse? Who did anything at all? Looks to me like the Boston Red Sox are still the team to beat in major leagues. Uh, Mark Popkin will join us and talk about the trade deadline. We have Michael Matz coming up a little later in the show. We'll get you our Dubs Dread teed up question of the night here in just a minute. But of course, we start every single show with the top trending stories from around Orlando. It is our Yingling Six Pack. The Yingling Six Pack. Because we know you like your Yingling cold. And your topic's hot. It's the Yingling Six Pack. The six most talked about stories today. On live, local, and loud. One. It is the Yingling Six Pack right here on Live Local and Loud. The top six trending stories in the 407-321. And thank God for the next two hours, we are going to talk about actual sports here on ESPN 580. I took a page out of your book for once, Jerry. What can I say? (laughs) My God, e-gaming. Are you freaking kidding me? Really interesting guys, I have to say. Interesting setup they have there that the NBA has 17 franchises that have bought 17 teams. And they're trying. So there's to 17 make, morons in the world. Well, no, there's. It's, it's exploding. It, it is. It, it's it's become a really really big business. And at one point in time, Jerry, I think people said that about soccer. People said that about this thing called the ABA and the NBA. Would that actually work? Or I. It intrigues me to see whether or not this becomes a bigger piece of the entertainment pie. I love it. I love it. I hope e-gaming grows because everyone in this world is swimming to the surface. And when you have things like gaming that eats up people's times and they rot their brain spending hours and hours in front of it, it just makes my success all that easier in this world. So they're rotting their brains by playing video games. Yes. What's your excuse? I, I, that's apparently they're going to make my life easy. That's more, what my excuse is. More importantly, what's the top story? <laughs> Number one story in Central Florida is a deal between the MBA and MGM Studios. Why is this news? I don't really know. And is it the MGM Studios? MGM Studios. Why yeah. is this a deal? Well, well, MGM Studios is the partnership that was bought that is MGM Gaming and whatever, whatever, whatever. I still call it MGM Studios because back in the day, that's who actually started the whole damn company. Um, you know, before they killed all those people in Vegas with that big fire and didn't have any fire alarms and all that stuff. Everybody forgets these things. Anyways, my point is is that this is not big news to me because the NBA's been in bed with gambling For as long as I can imagine, there's a WNBA team that actually plays on the property of a casino in Connecticut. And for all that matters, all this does is bring one more close tie between the corruption that is the most corrupt sports in America and sports gambling, which they're going to now get their hands in the pocket of. That doesn't make today any less of a landmark day, though, Jerry, because while the NBA and gambling have been engaged for years, they officially got married today. They they went into the church, they said their vows in the NBA, (laughs) announced hey mgm the little white chapel in vegas yeah exactly they they got their deal done till death do us part in sickness and in health and goodness and and all that other mumbo jumbo whatever you want to call it but it's a three-year 25 million dollar deal that adam silver announced with mgm that will give the gaming rights uh, gaming company rights to 
league highlights, names, logos, and its direct data feed. Um, and also market itself as the official gaming partner of the NBA and WNBA. Though, what intrigues me the most about this, it's not the logos or anything. It's the exclusive, the direct data feed. That That is kind of... The, they're going to have this all the is inside... A really a, this is an embarrassment for the NBA. They're going to have all the inside information from the league, kind of the league office data that not everybody has. I thought they'd get more money. That's my point. It's, a, it's an embarrassment because... Twenty-five well, million. What is that? I wouldn't million? call it. I wouldn't call it an embarrassment. It is eight and a half million dollars over three years. Uh, last year he well, was what talking you, what one percent. We're going to make a billion dollars off of sports book gambling nationwide. Well, I think that that was more bluster than it was truth here, Jerry. There's a big I, gap between one billion and eight million. Of, of course there is. I know math. Thank you. Uh, but I I do think there was a lot of bluster there, hoping for one percent. I don't think he ever was going to get one percent. I don't know why the NBA feels entitled to an integrity fee. That being said, though, I don't know how you could call this an embarrassment when there's because its percentage is smaller than what Jay Z owns of a basketball team. Are you gonna it's let pathetically me, small. Are you going to let me finish here? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. There's nothing to compare it to, so it can't be an embarrassment. No one else has done a deal like this. We don't have any other partnerships like this, at least that I'm aware of. But did I expect more? Yes. Yes, I expected more. Two. I expected more from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. A lot of, a lot of smoke, not a lot of fire. We're going to have Mark Popkin on with us tonight at 7 o'clock. We're going to break down the winners and the losers of this year's Major League Baseball trade deadline. A lot of sellers out there that didn't feel like selling leading into today. I'm sure there's going to be something else that's going to trickle out, maybe even during the show. But um, disappointing for you as well? Not as many big names moved at the deadline. This was much more of kind of an overtime. Like we saw Machado move, yeah, right? I mean, Cole Hamels. Yeah, Cole Hamels, Jay Happ, um, I, uh, Zach Britton moved. Uh, you know, the Cubs got another Kinsler, another reliever today. What we saw was a lot of teams kind of preparing for either winning the division or that one one game wild card. Like I, the Yankees really seem to put themselves in a position with the moves that they made today and throughout the deadline. They know they're not catching the Red Sox. So they went out and they got relief pitching for a close game, like a one-game winner-take-all yeah. wild card. And also, they got another two starting pitchers, Lance Lynn. Uh, Lance Lynn is, is is one of those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of set themselves up for a six-man rotation, maybe, going a little well, raise. I mean, because you can't, you can't rely on CC Sabathia. Yeah. He's a shot fighter. Thank the Milwaukee Brewers for that. Three. Apparently, there are some hurt feelings up there in Montreal in the locker room. There was chance as the Alouettes were losing to the Edmonton Eskimos. We want Johnny. Well, apparently, here's Johnny. Adams, the former Oregon Ducks quarterback, was upset. The chance were telling them that they wanted his replacement, Johnny Manziel, to take over. Apparently, Manziel could take over as quickly as this coming weekend oh no he will i think i think that's the report it's he's, official he's starting on on friday night uh i feel really bad for vernon is it vernon adams jr yeah. is that who it is uh who played at oregon i got a chance to meet him at the east west shrine game a couple of years ago really nice kid and he didn't do anything wrong but i i would like to say he was outraged by the fans chanting johnny johnny <laughs> it's a bit much dude you're you're a last place team you're a last-place starting quarterback. You can be replaced at any point in time. Grow some thicker skin here. And when they trade for Johnny Manziel, I didn't... Did the fans have to let him know that they wanted Johnny? Because no. when they trade for Johnny Manziel, Vernon Adams Jr. had to have known, hey, uh, my days are probably numbered as the starter for this team. Four. We're halfway through the Yingling six-pack. 
Yingling is free while gaming at Victory Casino Cruises. Get your group out there for fantasy football. Those um, are going to fill up quick out there at Victory Casino Cruises. You can do so at VictoryCasinoCruises.com. I want to remind you that our boy Steve-O will be with us this Friday. So make sure you have our fantasy football questions ready for him. Uh, our number four trending story in Central Florida is the Lakers' new uniform is apparently out, and it is a blend between the Showtime Lakers and the Kobe Shaq era. Five. You don't care, huh? I don't give a damn. It trended all day. Don't care. <laughs> don't care about the Lakers' uniforms. <laughs> Tiger Woods has committed to play in the first two events of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I love how Tiger gets to choose that he wants to participate in the two events um, because I thought in the old days you used to have to earn your way into those two events. They comprise of the Northern Trust and the Dell Technologies Championship. These are next month leading into the FedEx Cup. Of course, the PGA Championship, the fourth major, could have a huge effect on his standings as he goes into that. Now, I, I think that's about Tiger accruing enough points, right, to where sure. he doesn't need to play in those first two events. So anybody that has as many points for the FedEx Cup as he does or more, then they also don't have to necessarily no, play in those two events. No, he's committed to playing them. Right, no, I know, but he's committed to them, but knowing he doesn't necessarily have to sure. play in them, I think. Um, listen, this is awesome for golf. Tiger's going to be back out there again. I know golf fan gets upset that I talk about Tiger than I'm that more than I do about the actual game. I'm sorry that one of your individual athletes is more interesting than your entire sport, but that's how it is with Tiger Woods and the game of golf. So uh, this is great. I think a lot of people inside of the PGA, inside of the Golf Channel here in Orlando, celebrated that Tiger is going to be out there for this event. Six. Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green, apparently, uh, you know, they exactly don't have the best relationship on the court. Well, apparently their relationship isn't that great off the court either. According to sources, several sources, after the SBs last week, um, Tristan Thompson punched Draymond in the face. Yeah, two fake tough guys actually got into a fight. How about that? Uh, they were jawing at each other after, what, game one of the NBA Finals. Thompson got tossed out of that game. It's funny because immediately after the fight, the two guys stood right next to each other in the like near the locker rooms and didn't fight, but they felt the need to get into it after an SBs party. The difference... Likely alcohol, right? And those guys were drinking. They were jarring a little bit. Uh, and Draymond Green has gotten into plenty of tussles uh, in parties like that. Think about his time back there at Michigan State. So um, I kind of like the fact that these guys are getting into it. This we is talk about, about a week. How did it stay quiet for so long? You know, we talk about the fact that all these guys are too friendly. Here are two guys that aren't friendly. That is our it. Yingling Six Pack, our six pack of trending stories here on live, local, and loud. You can get in touch with the show at 844 225 5580. That's 844 225 5580. The text is 21232. That is 21232. Also on Twitter at ESPN580. Nick and at the Jerry Daniels. We got Mark Popkin coming up on the show to talk about the trade deadline. Michael Matt's right around the corner. Our Dubstred teed up question of the night. We're going to get into the baseball trade deadline today for you. I want to know now, who do you think is going to win the World Series? I want your World Series pick right now. Who do you think is going to win the World Series? Our Dubs Dread teed up question tonight, 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. It's live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580 Orlando. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's live, local, and loud. Hey, welcome back. It's live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580. Nikki Football here. Jerry Daniels with me. Kyle Israel, guest co-hosting with us here on a Tuesday edition of the show. You want to get in touch, you can. 844-225-5580. That's 
225-5580. Text is 21232. Also on Twitter at ESPN580. Nick and at the Jerry Daniels. Our Dubstred teed up question tonight. Tonight, who do you think's winning the World Series? Major League Baseball's trade deadline was about two hours ago. A lot of moves made today. Not many major names no. moved today. I was hoping the Nationals would move would move Bryce Harper. Yeah. And I think that was the smoke that kept coming out. Huge mistake by the Nationals. You had to move Harper. The you Mets had, had two pitchers that needed to go, and nope. they didn't move yeah. any of them. Noah Syndergaard goes nowhere. I'm, <sighs> I'm, I'm surprised. I do love the moxie of the Mets, who are in the middle of just uh, middle. I mean, the the three quarter mark of a nothing season where they are not going anywhere, and they held on to both those guys to screw the Yankees. Yeah, that's what I love about those and two franchises. The Yankees franchises. actually came off of their position not to trade with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Called, I guess, Cashman called the Mets directly and said, "Hey." This is stupid. We can make both each other better. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, and the Yankees could have solved the entire... i see you in hell, in- Cashman. Yeah, yeah. They're literally, the Yankees could have solved the entire infield problem for the Mets in one swoop for one of those two pitchers. 844 So, Jerry, uh, trade deadline's done. We've had about two hours to react to that. Uh, who's one of the World Series? Who do you like? God, it pains me. I, the, just the Red Sox are too strong this year. I'm sorry if they they get hot at the right time, but we haven't seen a completely healthy Astros team. So yeah, Correa and Altuve yeah, yeah. have both spent time on the disabled yeah. list. Yeah, they've they've those guys. They, the the Astros look like a completely different team when they have those two guys. 100. percent So there's a chance if the Astros come back and they have enough time to click that this is going to be an easy run for the Astros because the Red Sox have had to plug at it all freaking season long. But I think the Red the Yankees are only in this bid now to win a wild card game and maybe get another round in there. But uh, this is going to be the Astros or the Red Sox, and I don't think the National League even has a chance in this entire run. You don't like the Dodgers, huh? No. You don't like them going out and getting Manny Machado and then making a deal for Brian Dozier from the Twins today. A couple of a couple of infielders that have hit base hit about 300 home runs combined since the start of 2014. Uh, the Dodgers might have the offense. It's whether or not they they have the pitching in order to do it. Do they have the chemistry? Well, Can they get it together when they've got, what, too many shortstops, too many third basemen, and too many second basemen? Yeah, I mean, when you get into the playoffs, though, those things kind of seem to take care of themselves. And and also, they've got enough bats coming off their bench. The Dodgers, I think, are the favorite team in the National League. I mean, right now, the way I'm positioning this is I want to pick a team that I think can make it to the World Series first. And as much as it pains me as a Cubs fan... I think the Dodgers are just a hair better than Chicago, especially with Chris Bryant currently not knowing what's going on with him. I will revert back to your opinion, though, about the Red Sox. It's really hard not to pick Boston. Oh, my God, they're good. This is the first time in a long time where I've looked at the Major League Baseball season and it has felt like an NBA season. Boston won its 75th game last night. They're 42 games over five hundred. It's July 31st. Yeah. They're going to win... Are they going to set the major league base? I think maybe that should have been the no, question. No, they're going to. They're going to. They set the record. What is it? 116 wins set I, by those Lou Pinella Seattle Mariners teams. I think they're going to back off a little bit because they're going to want to rest players. I think they're going to extend their rotation and they're going to not care about winning games here any minute now. It hasn't happened yet, but watch the the Yankees are going to make a run at catching up with the Red Sox. It's just not enough to make a difference. Eight four four two two five 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 eight zero. Text is two one two three two. The Red Sox go out. They get Ian Kinsler. Uh, to add to that team is a little bit of, uh, uh, I want to say, insurance on the Dustin Pedroia side. How do you like this? The, the Red Sox now have J.D. Martinez, Ian Kinsler, yes. Rick Porcello, David Price. Those four guys 
All of them have been teammates before on the Detroit Tigers in 2014. That's oh, nuts. Snap. Those guys that were all on the same team before. And now back with the Boston Red Sox. Just kind of an interesting tidbit but there. But Price is the wild card. I don't know if we're going to see what we need out of Price going into deep into the playoffs. Got to keep him away from the Fortnite. Yeah, no Fortnite for him. You got to you got to steal his <laughs> Xbox power cord and just you got to ground him. David Price, you have to ground him until November. See? We just had this conversation. Gaming is going to ruin the World Series for the Red Sox. It might. It might ruin it for the Red Sox. Uh, the move today, Jerry, that uh, surprised you the most. Was there something, kind of your takeaway from the MLB trade deadline that kind of jumped out at you? Yeah, it was the lack of a trade. It was the lack of a blockbuster trade today, and most importantly, it was the lack of a deal by either the Mets or the Nationals. I really thought there was going to be a big move in the NL East, and it didn't happen. And by the way, Harvey apparently... Matt was, Harvey was part of that conversation all day. He didn't get moved, did he? No, but he was supposed to move back to the NLE. Yeah, that that surprised me. Matt Harvey not getting traded from Cincinnati because he has been good with the Reds. Everyone looked at Matt Harvey and I think said, well, do we want to bring him to a larger market? Because he was an absolute mess when he was playing in a larger market. But he goes to Cincinnati. He's playing there in Ohio. It's you know they're the bottom team in the NL Central. Doesn't really matter. No pressure. Uh, there is kind of a bugaboo about Matt Harvey and whether or not he can pitch in a high leverage situation with a lot of eyeballs on him because it went to his head when he was pitching there uh, with the New York Mets. So you take some stock of Major League Baseball's trade deadline today and. I agree with you. I think it's about the Boston Red Sox. I think they're the team to beat right now, not just in the AL, but in Major League Baseball. Am I the only one that feels like the trade deadline is always kind of a bummer for the Tampa Bay Rays? Like, if I'm a Rays fan, this is a day I never look forward to because we're going to sell a bunch of guys we know now for a bunch of dudes that I think will be good later. They go out and they get fam, and I like him, and a couple of the pieces that come in the Chris Archer deal, but... I mean, Chris Archer is shipped to the Pirates. Wilson Ramos goes to the Philadelphia uh, Phillies. I feel I feel like the Rays did a lot of good things because they moved guys that can help other teams now. Yeah. But, man, they never keep any of these guys. No, they don't. I mean, they're always on the selling side of it. I mean, the, the one exception to the rule was Longoria all those years, and even he was the one guy I thought might actually have a career. This was the, the Hall of Fame year where what we had – three players who played their entire careers with one team. Longoria was going to be the one guy I thought was going to stay with the Rays the entire time. Nope, didn't stick. Um, so, yeah, the Rays are never going to be a pl- None of the Florida teams are ever going to be a player, but um, I don't know what the Rays are building for. Right now it just smells like they're building for a new stadium, but wouldn't winning be the best key to getting a new stadium deal? It would be, but I have to say from an organizational standpoint – it has to be tough to look up at the two juggernauts that are ahead of you in the AL East and start trying to build something for now because Boston's going to be good for years. They're built with young talent. I think about guys like Mookie Betts on that roster and and what Devers, their third baseman, and some of the young pitching that they've accrued. And I also look at the Yankees and some of the young guys with Aaron Judge, and they even got a little older with Giancarlo Stanton, but not much older. Uh, those two teams are built to dominate for another decade like they always have in the AL East. So for the Rays, if you're kind of the third banana there, I'm not sure exactly how you go about I don't I don't know how I don't know how you get out of bed and go to work every day. Well, that's what that's what does it. What you have there is you have ticket sales from the fact that the two best teams in baseball in some conversations, obviously the Astros, the Dodgers are out there, um, but two of the best teams in baseball play more games in your stadium than anywhere else. So you're selling the fact that if you want to see the Yankees and the Red Sox, who are really exciting, 
I mean, didn't the Orlando Magic do that for eight years? They basically marketed, come see so-and-so, they're going to be here. It's LeBron's going to be here for four you years. You did this yesterday. It's yeah. six years. Stop, stop elevating it. that number. Don't do that. Don't be that guy, Jerry. Come on. You're better than that. Don't be that guy. It's six years, all right? 844 It's live, local, and loud. He's Jerry. I'm Nick. Kyle Israel joining the show here on a Tuesday edition. Uh, we'll get into some football topics coming up, including uh, our question in the second hour when we're not talking to Mark Popkin of the three Florida quarterbacks, which which one is this year the most crucial for? I think all these guys could lose their jobs by this time next year. It's 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 kind of a funny thing to think about. Yeah, when that's it comes, the question. Do any of them have a job? Well, next year, next year are they? Are, which one is most likely to be with his team next year? Too. Uh, we'll get into that coming up in the second hour. I, here is one takeaway that I have from the trade deadline, though, Jerry. That that I I haven't that that I that I think really has has helped this deadline. The second wild card has been a huge success for Major League Baseball. It has. It's been great. Since 2011 when they installed it, you have twice as many buyers at the deadline than you normally would because teams feel like they have a shot. Instead of being nine games out, sometimes you're three games out, four games out. Look at the Pirates. They're they're the perfect example because they go out and they get Chris Archer. The Pirates who sold McCutcheon and a couple other pieces before the start of the season, they're buyers at the deadline because of that second wild card because they feel like they can get into it. I look at the same sort of situation with the Diamondbacks out west. I look at the same sort of situation uh, with teams out there in the uh, in the uh, AL. Uh, yeah, in the AL West, that second wild card really has been just a roaring success. And in my mind, putting it right there with the college football playoff, probably the most successful thing. I hate added. the one game though. Oh, I love it. Well, here's the problem with the one game. There is no problem these, with it. These teams build at the trade deadline to win one game. And then they don't have the horses necessary to win five games. That's why I think it needs to go three, five, seven. No, that's stupid. No. One game. You keep the A you keep the wild card game to one game. You you reward division winners and teams. By the way, what point to one move for me that 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 only would help a team to the win Yankees one did game. That today. The Yankees went out and got two starting pitchers, Jerry. Yeah, but they weren't exactly. They got Lance Lynn. They got Jay Happ. They were guys. And they added fill, to an already awesome bullpen. They they filled a gap for in case one of their real starters got injured or didn't have the horses to get past five innings. So they're they're deeper at the starting the starting position. And one so of those starters have, is playing in the they, bullpen. They would they would have an extra guy though if in in a longer series, like just in case though. I, I don't I I love the fact that it's I think one if this game. was a three game series, you would have seen them them make a better offer to the Mets to get one of those big names over. I don't think the Mets were selling. They just <sighs> weren't. They they just weren't selling or else the Mets would have sold to somebody else. I mean, that's fine in a reality that is not this one, but here here's the thing. Major League Baseball has a marathon of a regular season. They need to have something that is just kind of that that is dramatic, that is quick, that is for the now and and that one game adds so much intrigue and also it adds even more importance to winning your division. And I think that, that that really makes the entire season. Yankees Red Sox this weekend is huge because both those teams are making the playoffs, but neither one of them wants to play in the one game playoff. The Red Sox can push the Yankees off the cliff if they win three of the four games this weekend, maybe even two of the four. But the Yankees know, hey, listen, we win four of those, we're right back in this thing. I think the one game playoff is a great motivator for teams to build and to uh to prepare themselves um, throughout a season to try to win that division rather than being a wild card team. Because in the past, teams that were set to make the wild card, they didn't buy like this, like we saw throughout this deadline. 
844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. The text is 21232. That is 21232. We'll be all over the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Your favorite moves. You think got better. Your pick to win the World Series. We'll get into that. A little football talk with Kyle Israel as well. Live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580 Orlando. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's Live, Local, and Loud. Hey, welcome back. Live, Local, and Loud here on ESPN 580 Tuesday edition with Jerry out of breath? and Kyle Israel. No, I'm Mickey Football. I'm not out of breath. Jerry brought in a gift for me today on Which today's show. Which you had show. to blow up. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, I'm gonna. I, I will tweet a photo of it out uh, at ESPN five. Every Nick good gift is the type you have to blow on up. Twitter. Um, I've received a couple. Yeah, sure. I guess uh, balloons. This thing. Some other stuff. Uh, Jerry brought in a. What, what would you? What is this thing? Um, it is. Uh, I think you it's for this? my own health. Well, no, it, no, it protects it's, me no, no, like no, this glass that's between it's us. It's not for your health. It's for my health is what it is. Uh, you brought in one of these desktop punching bags yeah, yeah, yeah. that suction cups to the top of the desk here. And then when I get angry at you, I can punch that instead, instead. of... Yeah, so instead of breaking my hand one day... You've damaged a lot of equipment And then filing for workers' comp. We'll have to move studios because you've damaged so many things. No, there's nothing damaged here. There's It's not damaged. It's worn. <laughs> that's what you would call it. Not, nothing's, nothing's damaged. There's just, you know... There's there's some accents here. People, the f- I've left my mark that I've worked here, <laughs> and you've left your mark on my my attitude. Yeah. By the way, we got a text in about the Yankees having four games in hand. I'm not going to give that to them, and the reason why is because now all of those rainouts they have to actually make them up on Mondays and doubleheaders. Yeah, that makes the schedule tougher, which yes. makes winning those if anything games. those four games in hand make the rest of the games harder to win. Exactly. By the way, no, by no means do I think the Yankees are out of the AL East. They're out, but they're chasing a historically great team. Yeah. <laughs> that team doesn't lose. They just they don't lose, and they don't go on losing streaks. Now, time out. This could be the reverse of 04. We could get a really, really bad, what, Paul Rudd movie out of this? Who was that? No, that was uh, Fallon. Kimmel? Fallon? It yeah, was it was Fallon. Fallon. That's who it was, yeah. Like a New York version of it? Yeah. That was an awful movie. <laughs> Uh, we have Kyle Israel in house. So I wanted to set up a, a question with Kyle because we don't get him very often. He's a pretty much an idiot when it comes to getting in here when I ask him to. So uh, we are glad he came in today. And I wanted to ask him a yeah, question. Kyle, it's kind thanks of been, for coming. That was such a great introduction, wasn't it? I love being an idiot. This, yeah, I know. <laughs> this has been burning on me for a while. Um, where does Blake Bortles now enter the conversation of the greatest former UCF night ever man he loaded that question way way differently than than you asked it a few <laughs> minutes ago by throwing Blake into the mix I, I think that Blake is naturally working his way up um but for UCF fans I think it really comes down in my opinion to two guys probably Dante Culpepper obviously if you're talking about somebody that impacted a program obviously Blake had a huge season in 2013, but Dante kind of took us to the next step, helped us make that transition to Division One, And then he was on the cover of Madden and, and had some great NFL seasons. Some great boat stories. Had a lot of fun uh, in Minnesota. <laughs> and um, and so I think that he's right there. And then, at this, you know, another guy that gets overlooked, I think, a lot is Asante Samuel and what he did with the Patriots. Obviously, he didn't have the impact on UCF, really, that, that Dante or some of the other guys may have had, but... Uh, Asante at the NFL level is arguably one of the better corners in the last 
uh, 10 to 15 years uh, and is on some very good Patriots teams and, and had a lot of big-time interceptions. So I, I think that Asante Samuel may be in conversation potentially uh, for the Hall of Fame someday, uh, I th- but it remains to be seen, obviously. Where's Brandon Marshall in this entire conversation? Because one of the conversations that came up is that he may get cut, may not make Seattle, mm-hmm. might have to go for another option. But if that doesn't work out or if a team doesn't see injuries early on in the season, he might not have an opportunity with retirement Five years from now, Brandon Marshall has numbers that may mean he would be a consideration for the NFL Hall of Fame or Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think that Brandon certainly has the most celebrity, probably, of anybody at this point. He's He's been on a lot of different talk shows. Uh, he has a huge following on social media, um, and, and he does a lot of positive things in the community. Obviously, done so much with mental health awareness. Um, but I, you know, I think that he is later in his career. Uh, he's obviously dealt with a number of injuries, and it would be unfortunate to see him get cut because the one thing that Brandon hasn't done in his career is made the playoffs. And uh, you know, Seattle is going to contend to be a playoff team, and I'm hoping that Brandon can be a big piece of that. Um, but you know, a wide receiver of his size, six five, uh, you know, two twenty five, two thirty. Uh, he's taken a beating over the years, and and that all comes uh, catches up with you over time. So I, I'm confident that whatever Brandon does, I don't know if he's going to make the Hall of Fame, uh, but I think you'll see him, uh, you know, as a talking head and and a guy that's analyzing football for many years to come because he has built, uh, you know, and to his credit, a uh, off the field persona and 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 has carried that over into the broadcast booth. I think is is where he'll end up. Um, if you were sitting on a committee. Who are you putting in first? Where are you ranking them? For me personally, you know, I would put top I, five. I, I would put probably I would put Blake at number five. Um, at the moment, I think that uh, at number four, talking about future potential, I think Mike Hughes with the Minnesota Vikings. I think he had he he may arguably be the best talent to ever come out of UCF. I know he was only there for one season and really only a handful of months. Uh, and we were fortunate to have him, probably why we had the season that we did. I think Mike Hughes is right there in that top five from a talent perspective. Um, and then I would go Brandon Marshall. I would go Asante and then probably Dante at number one for for me. And and, and I, have, I have a good friendship with Dante, but I think that he just made the biggest impact uh, for UCF at a crucial time. And, uh, you know, he, he was a part of a really fun offense to watch up there in Minnesota with him and Randy Moss and, and Chris Carter in the in his uh, beginning years. So, you know, I, I still I still love Dante. Lines are open, 844-225-5580. You can text us at 21232. Nick, um, my question for you is, is do you think Blake, at least as far as post-UCF fame, has surpassed Dante as a fan? No. I don't. I, I think Dante Culpepper as a as a fan, or in yeah. terms of of having more you fans watching or? you and I as spectators. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think Dante Culpepper had a better career than Blake Bortles. Um, that that's from from my perspective. The Minnesota years were unbelievable years for him. Listen, I mean, the injury derailed his career, but uh, no, I think Dante Culpepper just from a pure talent NFL quarterback standpoint, I would put him above Blake Bortles right now. We're looking at what? What do you think? You've got twenty six million dollars two years. 
the what's your odds of us seeing two more years of Blake Bortles and Jags? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think that that Blake is a, can be evaluated necessarily the same as you would evaluate other quarterbacks in regards to. Well, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> you know, the thing about Blake is Blake has a great team around him. Blake has a great defense. Blake has some playmakers around him. They're going to build the running game. They're going to continue to build the running game. And I don't think that he's being asked to do what other quarterbacks in the NFL are doing. And so I don't think the bar is set as high for Blake. So, No, what was it as the coach said? Uh, Doug Marone said if he throws it, you know, if he doesn't throw it at all, we'd be basically happy, right? I mean, they, if he throws it eight times, they're they're okay with it. They want to run the football to be successful. That's what they're going to be. And so if Blake is going to be a guy that, that buys into that then and cares just about winning, then I think that's going to help him, help his career. Uh, and I feel like Blake's a guy that's going to get a little bit better with time. Honestly, coming out of Oviedo into UCF, I felt like Blake was a little bit in over his head to have to play as soon as he did uh, at the NFL level. And I think it was a bit overwhelming. And I'm hoping that as the years go on, uh, he's going to continue to to build more opportunities for himself. But um, you know, Blake is is you know his biggest nemesis at times uh, with some decision making, and and hopefully. Uh, the style of offense that he'll be in this year will, you know, limit some of those mistakes. Just between the two, limiting it, just the conversation of the greatest UCF former night ever, or I guess you're always a knight. Um, what do you need out of Bortles for him to pass Dante Culpepper? I, you know, I don't know that Blake's ever going to be able to do that. Wow, I really don't. You know, just Dante came to UCF when nobody else was willing to. Uh, he, you know, he had some other opportunities, some some things off the field kind of brought him to UCF, but he still made that decision. And I think, you know, we don't have the fan base today uh, that that we do, I don't think, without what Dante did. Uh, and so for me, you know, UCF was Dante Culpepper, period, end of story. And I, I don't think UCF or Blake Bortles was UCF uh, at any point in time. He had a huge year, but he'll never be what Dante was, in my opinion. If Blake went out there and won a Super Bowl, uh, is that what it takes? Yeah, probably what it takes. Championship. Yeah, yeah that's he's got to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> One is just so much more of a talented thrower of the football, Jerry. Like that yeah, really no, is I the know. difference. Yeah. One is much more of a d- dynamic player. For Blake, it's going to have to be either accruing the numbers just over time, having a longer career, or two, winning that championship because Culpepper didn't do that. And after the knee injury, his career just completely spiraled down. But right now, in terms of where their where their careers are. I would take Culpepper over Blake Bortles every time. Listen, I've had conversations. Dante and I owned a restaurant together, and I've had many candid conversations. Any, any with Bortles him. restaurants coming anytime? No, soon? no Bortles restaurants. And stay out of the <laughs> restaurant business, Blake. You don't want to be in the restaurant business. Maybe some beach bars, though. <laughs> yeah, up there in Jacksonville, maybe so. But Dante will tell you and told me, Kyle, there were times I got up to the line of scrimmage and had no idea. I'm talking year three, four, five of what I was looking at. But I knew I had Randy on the outside, I knew I was trying to get a few shots at him a game. And, uh, you know, that's the difference. Is, is That was it, helpful, it, having a Hall of Famer on the that outside did help. for him. Yeah. That did help. Dante was going to go out there and sling it. He wasn't the most cerebral guy. I think Blake has to play much more cerebral, and he just doesn't have the arm talent that Dante has. 844-225-5580. Your questions from Mark Popkin about the Major League stupid. Baseball trade deadline. Uh, you can also text 21232. We're going to get into the trade deadline. Uh, our buddy Mark Popkin going to join us. At 7, Michael Matz is coming up next, and you've got to go blow something up, right? Still not blowed up big enough, I guess. No, not quite yet. It's live, local, and loud here on ESPN 580 Orlando. This is ESPN 580 Orlando's live, local, and loud. 
Hey, welcome back. Live local and loud here on ESPN 580. We're hanging out in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios, home of the only legal sports book in Central Florida. You can get in touch with the show at 844-225-5580. The text is 21232. Also on Twitter at ESPN 580. Nick and at the Jerry Daniels. The texture writes in, wait a minute, Jerry called somebody an idiot? Nick, remind Jerry about the... Uh, Posthumous comments a couple of it's weeks a, it's ago. It's a proven fact that mispronunciations is a sign of genius. That's just what it is. Then you need the MacArthur Genius Grant. <laughs> That's what you need. You might be running that whole thing. <laughs> Lines are open eight four four two two five 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 eight zero. You can text us at two one two three two. But yeah, right now I, on the I line, I just said that. Yeah. I always repeat. I know. Why does that bother you that I repeat I, numbers? I, 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 that's my. That's what I was taught. I literally right out of broadcast. School, I literally get done with the sentence the and you repeat I don't the care. sentence back to me. I repeat them over and over again. Let's that's get all to our I buddy do. Michael Matz. He's making America rich again, one wager at a time. Do you think we need one more? It's Michael Matz from Victory Casino Sportsbook. All right, we'll get one more on live, local, and loud. All right, Michael, before we get into pigskin, let's talk a little MLB. I know the numbers have moved on the futures to win the whole kit and caboodle. We were talking a lot about our picks to win the whole thing. I picked the Red Sox. I think, Nick, you picked the Red Sox as well? I like the Red Sox, but I'm not ruling out the Dodgers here, man. I think with Machado and that yeah. offense, I think they have a chance. Uh, I think it's confusing. Too many guys in that infield all trying to get the same attention in La La Land. All right, Michael, my question for you is then who does – Victory Casino believe is going to, or what does ISI believe has the best odds to win the whole thing? Well, they're on the Boston side with you guys. Uh, we've got Boston sitting right now as the seven to two favorite to win it all. Makes a lot of sense the way they've played this year. The Yankees are really close behind at four to one. They're the second choice. So the AL has the two uh, top picks. Uh, the Cubs are actually sitting at nine to two. The Dodgers moved a little bit down with the Machado move at five to one, and uh, Houston is still sitting there at eight to one. Wow, that's a and bargain! And as I, it really you beat me to the punch on that. I'm sorry. When you look at <laughs> ERA and we talk about pitching, uh, particularly in these short series, uh, I went and looked at the top four teams right now sitting at ERA for the year. Houston is four-tenths of a point ahead of everybody at 309. Uh, so they're the best ERA team in baseball. That projects very well to the playoffs. Uh, so and their it, offense it is only going to get better. I would think so. But there's a stat I'll get to in a minute that may shed some light on why they're a little behind. Uh, Boston's at 347. Uh, the Dodgers with a nice rotation at 349. And the Yankees are sitting there at 357. And they bolstered their starting pitching. That'll give them a lot of flexibility through the playoffs. But the other stat I looked at as I'm trying to decipher the odds is one-run games, which you would expect a lot in the playoffs. Where are we sitting on one-run games? Houston last year won a, won a whole bunch of them. They're sitting at 14 and 18 right now. Not surprisingly, the two best teams statistically in one-run ball games are the Red Sox. They're the best at 17 and 10, and the Yankees at 17 and 11. So it just seems that combination of starting pitching, bullpen, making that work, as well as 
the ability to produce some runs late in the game to, to get a close win. Uh, the two best teams in those close games are the Red Sox and the Yankees, uh, and they're the two best teams on our board in terms of odds. But I wouldn't disagree with you, Jerry, that at 3.09 ERA and given their track record in the playoffs to pitch it very, very well, Houston uh, at 8-1 to one right now seems to be a little bit of value. Talking to Michael Matz, he's the Victory Sportsbook Director at Victory 1 and 2 out there at Port Canaveral. To book your next fantasy group outing, visit them at VictoryCasinoCruises.com. I'm going to move quick here, but i got to get some moves out of you. We've got uh, Kyle Israel in studio with us, so my question for you is, is, did UCF's odds to win the whole thing move since last we spoke? Uh, they have not. They're still sitting at 15-1 to 1 right now, uh, and there's... The, the chatter amongst our patrons is that given the schedule, given the division that they're in, and given the notoriety they gained last year and credibility by beating Auburn uh, in a bowl game on New Year's Day, 15-1 uh, to 1 has not moved, and it's a pretty nice price. There's been a couple of movers. Clemson has actually moved down from 7-2 to 3-1. to one. I think there's a lot of faith in their quarterback as well as what Dabo Swinney has done in the last couple of years. Georgia has actually ticked up a little bit to 5-1 to one, uh, from 7-2. to two. And I think that reflects, if nothing else, the fact that Alabama just has, has continued to show depth, recruiting, uh, and the faith in Nick Saban uh, that people are looking at the schedule People think Clemson's going to be pretty good, and I think they will too. And you know you have early in the season that Georgia-Clemson game uh, that always is bragging rights and recruiting rights in the region, but will also determine some movement in the line in terms of uh, national champion odds. Uh, And there's a little bit of feeling towards Clemson being very good again, and I suspect that might be true. Uh, So Georgia, even though I think they're going to be hyper-talented, Uh, A very, very good team. Uh, Given that they have Clemson and Alabama likely on the schedule, uh, when you think about an advanced matchup in the national championship or the uh, SEC championship game, uh, our our betters are looking at that and saying Georgia at seven to two might not be a good price, and they've actually moved up to five to one. Michael, when do we get Week One of the NCAA odds? We'll we'll have that out probably midweek. You know, uh, fall, fall camps have opened across the country, uh, and we'll get a little bit of a feel about uh, who looks good, who doesn't. Uh, that gets followed a lot more than it used to. Uh, so we'll probably have those lines out. So uh, at the worst, uh, this time next week, we'll be able to talk about week one lines on the boat. And I can tell you our fans are very excited about college football. I think we're all anticipating that particularly with the Florida teams, because as we discussed last week, there's a lot of interesting, interesting stories, new coaches at Florida and Florida State. Um, what do those teams look like? Miami is very exciting in terms of the year they had last year and what Mark Richt is capable of in terms of recruiting and putting a powerful offense together. Uh, and the SEC, with a lot of movement in coaching, uh, those will be the areas of emphasis uh, as we look towards those week one lines. Uh, I would expect we'll have those up as early as end of the week, 
but most definitely we'll have them up by next week. He is Michael Matt, sports director at Victory Casino Cruises. You can give him a call, 855-GO-VICTORY or online Victory Casino Cruises if you want to head out to the boat. If you do make it out to the boat, make sure you say hi to our buddy Michael Matz. Mike, man, really do appreciate the time. We'll catch up with you a little later this week. Looking forward to it as always. We'll talk to you soon. Always good to catch up with Mike. Six new coaches in the SEC. We'll talk some football coming up and also Mark Popkin on Major League Baseball's trade deadline. That's next here on Live Local and Loud.